let's start off by praying. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we thank you, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for granting us another day, another day to get it right, O oh God, another day to hear from you and hear your word, embrace your word, and in install it in our spirit, O oh God. Shut down every spirit of flesh in me, O oh God, and let your word go forth as you have ordained. We give you honor and we give you praise. Amen, amen, and amen. I'm delighted that each of you are on the line with us this morning. One thing for sure is that God has predestined this day and this time. So the very fact that you are on this line today, you can trust that there is a word for you today. God has been speaking to me about clarifying scripture that is often used out of context. So for the next few weeks, I will be ministering to you as God directs me concerning scripture, context, and perception. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 reads, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. Scripture is just like medicine that's prescribed to you by the doctor. If you don't understand the directions and you put no effort in getting clarity and you decide to proceed according to what you think you understand, that same medicine that was meant to heal you can end up hurting you or even killing you. We need to understand that the Word of God is so much like that. The Word of God is given to us for not just our lives, not just so that we can properly align ourselves with the will of God, but so that we can fulfill the great commission of God, which is to spread the Word of God, extending life to others. I think a lot of us tend to think and miss that. And this is why you have so many people that are good with not going to church. They're good with not even coming on a line and hearing the word of God because they think just because they know God and just because they pray to God, that is sufficient. But it's not sufficient. You are charged to know the word of God so that you can affect. That's part of what we read as our more uh, uh, starting scripture, that's part of loving your neighbor, being able to share the word of God, because God alone is love. Now, today I want to talk to you briefly about what it means to be content according to the will of God. In Philippians 4, Paul offers some encouragement to those that are going through some trials because he himself had endured some turmoil in his life. If, if you know the story, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, study it. We'll get into it. But in verses four through six, he tells us to always be full of joy in the Lord and for everyone to make sure that they are considerate in all that they do. His words of encouragement go on to say, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And my grandmother used to say, and if you're going to pray, don't worry. And if you're going to worry, don't pray. The verse 
in Philippians goes on to specifically deal with the verse that we are going to make our theme verse today. And it says, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Now, is Paul suggesting that we should not set goals for ourselves and not desire more or better? Should we just go with the flow and wherever life blows us and settle in it? That just doesn't sound godly, does it? So when there seems or deems to be an inconsistency concerning the will of God and the ways of God in the Bible, then we know that it's time for us to pick up the Bible and to study a little bit more since we know that the Bible is true. Then it must be our perception of the word of God that is off. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Paul is by no means suggesting that we should just be idle and take whatever comes at us. See, we know Paul was a man of God, and so he could not possibly advocate slowfulness. In Proverbs 12, 24, it says, The hand of the diligent will rule. And if we turn to Romans 12 and 11, it says, Do not be slowful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. To be fervent means to be passionate, committed, charged. The opposite of complacent. The opposite of still. The opposite of settled. So what was Paul trying to convey when he said, I've learned to be content with whatever I have? Let's review the definition of the word content. Content is an adjective give y'all a little bit of English lesson here. Content is an adjective, which means to be satisfied. He was content with whatever she proposed to do. Now, I want to make you aware of the word content, which is spelled exactly the same way as content. But content is a noun, which refers to what is being contained. She had to allow them to review the content in the box before passing through security. So content is an adjective, which means to be satisfied. But the same spelling as a noun is content, which refers to what is contained. Hmm. Even in our language, God boasts his consistency as he conveys a message in the usage of the word content and content. The message is this, we must be content in our content. Well, what content would God be referring to? Well, God is always concerned about what is contained in our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 tells us that it is out of our hearts that the issue of life flows. See, God wants contentment for us because discontent creates issues. If we turn to 1 Timothy 6 and 6, it reads, Now there is a great gain in godliness with contentment. Contentment should be in be the state of our hearts 
which guides the actions and reactions of our spirits and our minds. Let me explain it to you like this. Our hearts are our individual corporate headquarters. Our minds and our spirits are employees who work diligently to be better, to better us and to impact our lives and to fulfill purpose. But as employees who work for the heart, we have to make sure that our minds and our spirits are aligned with the corporate guidelines. The number one rule in the corporate manual, according to the mandate of God, is to not let discontent in the building. See, because once discontent comes in, it ignites and a hostile takeover, for lack of a better word. And it brings in its own employees who will rule over the employees who work for your heart. See, discontent seeks to sow unease, grievances, and resentment. Discontent has no respect for the mandate of godliness. See, when discontent comes in, issues begin to arise in our corporate headquarters, in our hearts. As we see a lack of faith, doubt, anger issues, issues with greed, lust, jealousy, issues concerning pride, issues that steer us to compromise our integrity, issues that invite Satan in. Now we know Satan is the author of confusion, but what you might not know is he is the endorser of discontent. He has two goals when he sows discontent in our lives. The first is to cause us to become complacent regarding God's ordained purpose. Proverbs 1 and 3 shares this wisdom. It says, the complacency of fools are destroyed. The second reason Satan wants our hearts to be in a state of discontent is to kill our courage. See, it takes real courage to do things God's way when Satan is constantly offering what seems to be an easier, quicker path to get us where we want to go. But if we open the doors for discontent, we will begin to steer away from godly courage. Psalms 27 and 14 advises us to wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Again, wait for the Lord. Proverbs 28 and 1 tells us that the wicked flee when no one pursues but the righteous are bold as a lion. That boldness is that we stand on the platform of righteousness in the midst of a storm. So let me be very, very clear. Being content is not about sitting idle or being complacent as the world turns and as Satan takes over. See, we are charged to rule. It is we that have been given dominion. 
which means we are to be engaged, involved, empowered, and not just our individual lives, but in this world, in our community. The key is we are to pursue purpose, content within the content of our hearts, which is derived from a sincere faith in God. We can be content in knowing that we don't have to worry. Paul taught us in Romans 8:28 that in all things, God works for the good of them who love him and who are called according to his purpose. See, it's when we get out of line with his purpose that we tend to have a problem. Because if you love God, your goal is to set your mind on keeping his commandments. If you love God, your goal is to pursue all things according to his standards. And when you act and react according to the mandate of God, your heart will find contentment. And when your how you know your heart is content is when your heart is content according to the will of God. Grumbling is not part of your persona. When your heart's content, you don't buy into conspiracy theories. When your heart is content, you understand that the easiest way is not necessarily the godly way. When your heart's content, God's no is embraced because your heart is at peace with his will over your plans. When your heart is content, your spirit understands that everyone is not going to encourage you and that naysayers will make themselves known. When your heart is content, obstacles are viewed as just part of the process. So I say to you today, never fall into the trap of being convinced that contentment means that you are to sit idle, that you are to be complacent, or that you are not to be intentional about having dominion and invoking and voicing godly change. When you make up your mind to be content but fervent about your purpose, the will and the commission of God, you will have to adopt a mindset that says, I'm going to dedicate and discipline my time to do everything to the best of my ability, not compromising my integrity in a manner that is pleasing to God. And if whatever I don't do go according to my plan, I'm content. It's all right, because I know God is working it all out for my good. I know that God is working out all my efforts for greater than I ever could imagine. We are still very early in this new year, and I know most of you, like me, have some goals that you have set, some things that you have outlined that you want to accomplish. The Bible teaches us that all things are possible with God. Amen? The problem in most situations is we want God to get 
in alignment with our plans. When he wants us to get in alignment with his plan and his purpose. My advice, throw in the towel. Your arms are entirely too short to box with God. Plus, I can assure you that his plans are far greater than anything our menial minds could ever phantom. To get into proper alignment with God, believe it or not, doesn't require your minds. In all honesty, it's your minds that house your plans and get in God's way. We have to commit to giving our hearts over to God. What does that really mean, Pastor? I'm so glad you asked. You know, the number eight in the Bible signifies resurrection and regeneration. And it's just so happened to sincerely give your heart to God will require that you follow through eight steps. And it won't take you eight days or eight months to get there either. As a matter of fact, some of it you can be begin today. The first one is be thankful, be repentant, be humble, be honest, be believing and trusting in the word of God. Be loving, be faithful. And last but not least, be quiet. Position yourself to hear from God. Your heart is your corporate headquarters. And if you check the records, your stockholders can no longer keep the corporation afloat. So you have two options. Either you turn over your corporation to God or you do nothing and await a hostile takeover. I'm inviting each of you to join me Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we go over specifically those eight things that I just listed in our declaration to turn our hearts to God. We will go over what they mean and how to apply them in each of our daily lives so that we can move forward. As I said earlier, we're still early in this year. Everything that you have envisioned, everything that you have planned, and everything that you have in your mind, God wants you to have it. And trust me, your plans is only the tip of the iceberg in regards to what he really wants for you. But you're going to have to get into alignment with him. He is not going to align himself with your plans. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we come to you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your covering. We thank you for your protection. Lord, give us a heart that is content and built on the foundation of our faith in you, your word, and your will. God, guide our feet that they may walk on the path that you have ordained. Order our steps. Steer us from evil. God, our life's desire is to please you and to fulfill the purpose that you have assigned to our lives. Lord, to you we give glory. 
To you we give honor. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, I thank you all for joining us today. If you are looking for a church home, we would love you to consider us. And you can do that and start that process by going on our website at www.bibledeliverance.org. We have just launched over the last 10 days um, a global prayer request campaign. And we're glad to report that prayer requests from around the globe are pouring in. It is blowing my mind. I have had the opportunity in the last week to engage with people from Texas to California to Africa and several other Caribbean islands. If you would like to have someone partner with you in prayer, you can do that on our website as well. You can go on there and submit your prayer request. I will get it and I will respond and partner with you in prayer. If you would like to sow into this ministry, you can also do that via our website. Once again, that's www.bibledeliverance.org. And it will guide you through your various giving options. Again, I thank you all for joining us today. And we pray that the word went forth and it resonates in your heart and spirit. And that you return and you get the second part of this message on Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Have a blessed and anointed day.